This is a throwdown, a showdown. Hell no, Rob Fay Nation can't slow down. It's gonna go. What is going on? I'm Rob Fay. Welcome to your Tuesday edition of Sports Bar Radio, 27th day of July. And if you're a Vancouver Canuck fan, it is a very Busy day. If you're an NHL hockey fan, it's a very busy day. Everybody from Alexander Ovechkin getting signed, Braden Holtby getting bought out. We've just scratched the surface. But let me get you to that one story. Before we get into all of the things we're talking about in the sports bar, let me get you to that one story that rises above the rest. Let me get you to the lead. We've scoured the globe for the stories that matter to you. Okay, well, let's be honest, Rob picks most of the stories, so maybe they matter more to him? Anyways, pull up a chair and let our bartender pour you a cold one because there's a lot going on in your world today. So before I get to the NHL, before we get to all of the things going on in North America when it comes to the world of sports, I'm going to take you to Japan. Let's go together to the Olympic Games where the United States gymnastics team expected to get at least silver. Has their leader decide to step back and not take part in the final competition? Here is the legendary gymnast Simone Biles. No, um, no injury, thankfully, and that's why I took a step back because I didn't want to do something silly out there and get injured so I thought it was best if these girls took over and did the rest of the job which they absolutely did they're Olympic silver medalists now and they should be really proud of themselves for how well they did last minute having to go in um and it's been really stressful this Olympic Games I think just as a whole um not having an audience there are a lot of different variables going into it it's been a long week it's been a long Olympic process it's been a long year um so just a lot of different variables, and I think we're just a little bit too stressed out. Um, but we should be out here having fun, and sometimes that's not the case. She is considered one of the best gymnasts of our generation. And for Simone Biles, on the eve of one of the biggest moments of her team's careers, pulling out because of her mental health speaks volumes to the pressures that are coming with the Olympic Games. But more than anything, the pressures of the last year, and you hear her reference the fact that it has not just been a tough week in Tokyo, it has not just been a tough month in preparation, but COVID and everything that has surrounded these athletes and their training for nearly, oh gosh, maybe even more than a year. You can understand that when they finally get to the biggest stage, even the brightest lights can sometimes fade. And I've got no problem with it. You know what? Too many times in sports, we have people feel that they have to fight through it that they have to simply put their head down and bear it, whether it's physical pain, whether it's mental anguish, whatever. Because there's that bravado, that machismo that comes with sports and having to persevere to become the best at what you do. I've got more respect today for Simone Biles than I've ever had. Now, don't get me wrong, she's not on my daily list of things to check in on, but at the same time, knowing that she was fighting for gold with her teammates, but realized that her team would be better without her, and that they were prepared to fill in for her, that is awesome. That is what leadership is. When you know that you're not good enough and that you could be a detriment to your team, let those people that have trained hard, let them have the opportunity to step up and win a medal. And they did. They won a silver medal, finishing just behind Russia. 
But to me, it speaks volumes about the character of that woman. It speaks volumes about the fact that this wouldn't have happened 20 years ago. And more importantly, it speaks to the volume of the fact that it is widely accepted in 2021. Nobody is calling out Simone Biles for being a quitter or the fact that she gave up on her team. Nobody is saying that. If anything, because mental health is so accepted in today's society, we applaud her and we appreciate her. That, where I'm from, is called progress. The fact that there was a woman at the top of her game that probably could have helped her team if she was mentally focused, mentally healthy, and physically ready to go. The fact that she was willing to step aside and let her teammate do the work for her because she wasn't there. I love it. I don't know if it's going to get a lot of ink. I don't know if it's going to get a lot of press. I would imagine it would because she is one of the best in the business. But I think beyond just the fact that they won silver, beyond the fact that she stepped back, there is a lesson to be learned for all athletes, for hell, for all of us, that if you're not at 100%, it's okay to step away. It's okay to step to the background and say, I can't do this today. And I'm not a quitter. I'm not a person that's giving up. I just can't do it because today is just not my day. Is there fear in making that decision? I would imagine so. Is there people that are going to sit back and say, well, what could have been if she was at 100%? Yeah, that's what we do in sports. We always analyze and then analyze and then analyze some more. But at the end of the day, I love this storyline. I love it because her teammates stepped up for her. And by the way, Simone Biles did get a silver medal with her teammates. Even though she did not compete at the end, she was a part of the process and got them to that stage. She absolutely deserves a medal. But more than anything, I think she deserves the respect of the fan base. The fan base who knows she's one of the best. She doesn't owe anybody anything. Her teammates understood, her coaching staff understood, and she had the confidence to step back amidst the millions of people watching around the world. You want to know what the lesson is? Sometimes, when you're not at 100%, it's okay to not be 100%. All right, let's get to the rest of the sports. You know what? There is so many things that are going on right now in the world of hockey. We're going to focus on Rob Simpson, who started today a brand new website called VancouverHockeyNow.com. It is a website that is basically blanketing all of North America. Every city that you go to has got a HockeyNow.com website, and Vancouver has been added to the long list of cities that are getting awesome coverage from some of the best in the business. Rob Simpson is no slouch. And the fact that he has popped up shop here in Vancouver, if you're a hockey fan and you've got that insatiable desire to just continue consuming all things Canucks, you've got a new option. So let us get you to today's headliner. The game heads to the break, and just as you get ready to call the waitress over for your next round, the lights go down, the music stops, and the DJ looks around like the power just went out. Suddenly, a spotlight shines to the front of the bar, and the doors open. No way! The headliner has arrived. It's kind of cool when all of a sudden you see the Vancouver media landscape add one, as they say. Rob Simpson is no slouch and coming into the Vancouver market, I think Canuck fans are going to enjoy this immensely. He has brought his website with him, VancouverHockeyNow.com. Rob joins me, Robert Simpson. How are you this morning? Robert Fay, I'm doing very well. Thank you very much. Let's talk about this because this is a pretty big deal. We've had you come into this city. You've had a chance to assess the talent, quote unquote, not just on the ice, but in the front office and even within the media landscape. What do you make of Vancouver, who always gets a bum rap as being a tough media town? <laughs> well, 
Well, they've kind of had a tough go. I mean, you know, they've been to the Stanley Cup final three times. They've lost in game seven twice. And, um, you know, other than that, there's been more low points than high points. So they can, I can understand their frustration. And it's been a, it's been a rough few years. But um, hockey now is a kind of a national uh, entity. There are uh, 10 or 11 markets on board around the National Hockey League. And Vancouver would just happen to be the next one. And i um, very excited to uh, take a little different perspective, a little different angle on things and present people with some fun, entertaining and informative material. Rob, before we get into Vancouver Hockey Now, which I think is going to be a great website that will gain some traction immediately in this market, considering realistically, aside from the Van Cast and maybe the Athletic, there's uh, there's a berth available to somebody with your, I guess, background. So let's talk a little bit about that background because Vancouver's hockey market is not the first that you've covered. You've covered some of the big dogs. Walk me through that. Uh, yeah, I've been around a wee bit. Um, I've written a few books, uh, Boston Bruins books, Detroit Red Wing books, media books in general about the National Hockey League and some of the personalities in it. And that was based on being in New York, working, doing some Rangers work, some NHL network uh, work, hosting a national radio talk show from New York and then later a national radio talk show from Toronto. So, yeah, it's, it's kind of fun, Rob, is when I'm putting material together, it kind of just happens naturally or organically. I'll suddenly have an interesting tidbit or a weird story just kind of pop up and I'll go, oh, you know what? I forgot about that. And then I can add it and it just puts a little extra perspective on maybe a local angle or a divisional angle or a, or a historical angle. So, yeah, um, I bring a lot of background and geography to this, um, but fully aware that this is all about the Vancouver Canucks. When I want coverage of an NHL hockey team, I'm basically going to get it in one or two ways. I'm either going to get the analytical, the guy that breaks down the number six way to tomorrow. There's going to be grids, pie charts. There's going to be Corsi, all of that stuff. And nope. then the other coverage is conversations <laughs> with players and with staff. That to me over the last couple of years is kind of the diamond in the rough because of COVID, because of the, you know, the lack of access to players and coaching staffs. But yet the connections that you've made over the years, and we're talking decades, not to age you here, but to, if anything, pump your tires. You have a wide range of people that you can reach out to that's going to give you, without making this sound like an infomercial, unprecedented access to places many in this market can't get to. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. First of all, I am a young old guy, so yeah, I'm. Take uh, it. I know the feeling. <laughs> I'm more spastic and energetic than most thirty-two-year-olds. So, okay. Um, that said, uh, yeah, I mean, I do go to places that others sometimes don't have the opportunity to go to based on previously existing relationships. Best example of, of that is, uh, for fun, at one point for the hockey news, I did a thirteen-week program called. Uh, more simmers morning skate and you know basically it was bill daly one week brian burke the next week braden holtby oddly enough the next uh -huh. week uh and go through the list so it was big shots and and star players and that's not you know that's not to be like whoop-de-doo that's just pointing out the fact that taking those opportunities and doing something creative with them is kind of the idea behind this so yeah i'm not doing math rob I'm, there's going to be no heavy math for sure. And even the basic math, um, I think people 
you want to bang your head against the wall if you hear too much about uh, some of the some of the CBA stuff. I, I'm really looking forward to getting to the hockey on the ice. Yeah, and it's not that far away. And you've kind of started, you know, Vancouver hockey now at a perfect time because I think this is the, you know, calm before the storm, even though we've got some pretty good riptide right now. I mean, Braden Holpe, the name that you just mentioned a minute ago, put on unconditional waivers. He's going to be bought out, much like Jake Vertanen a couple of days ago. You see this Vancouver Canuck team overall. Yeah, they missed the playoffs, but I, I would imagine as a reporter, there's not many days where you don't find at least a couple storylines. No, it, it, to me, this is a team that almost writes itself. It, well, right now, for sure. I think just this morning while we're prepping for this or just, you know, it's been a bit of a circus because we've brought this this site on board and Holtby has got the buyout going. They just signed Connor Garland to a five-year contract for 4.95 per year. He just came up in the uh, Oliver ekman Larson deal. So that's nice. Uh, things are happening in real time very, very quickly. But um, kind of alluding to your previous point, you know, the hockey world shuts down. It doesn't shut down in Europe. And we've got the world's, the Women's World Championships, and I'm referring to August. The hockey world generally shuts down in August. A lot of people are going bye-bye. Um, we'll be up doing some kind of interesting things and keeping the momentum going uh, through that time period leading up to September in the training camps. So there'll be some of that little bit funky, a little bit different, and maybe in-depth and personality-driven material coming coming in August. So from that standpoint, and also from this boom, boom, boom stuff happening, yeah, you're right. Uh, it's endless. It's infinite in my mind with the material. One of the things that I like about hockey now is it's kind of built under the same premise of the athletic and the fact that if you want your Canuck news, you see Rob Simpson and you see your Vancouver hockey now. Then if you want Pittsburgh or Boston or different cities, you can just click on there. To me, being a part of that kind of, uh, I guess, web that covers the entire hockey league, I mean, that's something you just can't turn your back on. Yeah, it's cool. In fact, while you're saying that, uh, Rob, just moments ago, Jimmy Murphy in Boston has already put together a related story on Jake Vertanen because obviously Vertanen was waived, um, bought out, and he's free to go. Um, we don't want to get necessarily into that whole backstory at this moment. Unfortunate, an unfortunate tale, you know, yeah. on the ice and of course off the ice with this investigation, potentially criminally and, and civic uh, in terms of some of his, his behavior. Um, and that's kind of what Murph brought up was like, gee, do the Bruins really want to go there? You know, there's like moral questions right now around the National Hockey League. We've seen it with him. Uh, we've seen it with the Montreal Canadiens draft pick. And we've seen it with the Chicago Blackhawks potential cover up from some of the nonsense that was going on there 10 years ago. It's kind of weird right now. Rob, amidst the stories, whether it's the Oilers buying out Neil or the fact that Alexander Ovechkin's coming back, Justin Trudeau chimes in this morning about really? that Mayu signing with the Montreal Canadiens. Oh. Do you think at some point Mark Bergevin's going to look back and say, boy, maybe I did stub my toe on it? If I've got the leader of the country saying that it's uh, something that deeply disappointed him, that, that there was a lack of judgment, do you at some point look in the mirror and say, maybe I did bite off more than I could chew? Here's what I think on that. I don't think so. I think Mark Bergevin's looking at it like this. He's going, you know what? Eventually, it will blow over. There is no further investigation. Like, this this one's kind of done already. Like, you know, he's apologized. This, 
uh, I think it's callous. I understand why people are upset, but I honestly think Mark Bergevin, I'm, I'm just, I'm not speaking on his behalf. Believe me, I'm just putting myself in his shoes. He's thinking, guess what? A year from now, I might have a pretty decent or very good hockey player in development. And at that point in time, no one's going to be thinking about this anymore, especially if it is a, if it is, it, it is a closed issue. That's what I think Mark Bergevin's thinking. He's counting on, like anything else, the news cycle only lasts so long, and they're just going to move on and hope they've got themselves a good hockey player. It happens with everybody. You're the big story until the next big story pops up. Yep. Rob Simpson, Simmer Puck on Twitter, if you want to catch him that way. Social media is a great place to find him. He has just started VancouverHockeyNow.com, a great place to get all Canuck information. Um, I'm just going to throw some rapid fire at you, Rob. I don't want to keep you too long on a very busy day, I would imagine. But let's just really quickly talk about this situation. I don't know if I, I'm trying to think the last time this ever came across my desk. A player that got traded to a team, and even though he said all the right things, you knew he didn't want to be there. I'm talking about Nate Schmidt, who was yep. folklore in Vegas, gets traded to Vancouver because the numbers in Vegas all of a sudden pinched. And yep. you can tell he wants out. I mean, he hasn't come forward, looked in a camera and said it, but he shows up in Vegas. He's playing charity softball games there. Everybody knows he wants to leave. How do you manage that if you're Jim Benning? Well, right now, I think you manage it, manage it by trying to find a dance partner and get him out of here. And reports are, it started with the report in the Winnipeg Sun last night that, uh, you know, they already tried to get him there, but the uh, the Jets are on one of his no-trade list, right? Yes. So they thought they had somewhere to go. In fact, I, I've already written about this. It's already up on our site, uh, referencing the fact that, you know, Vegas thought they had a deal with Winnipeg last year, and he kiboshed it, and then he ended up with Vancouver, and now it's their turn to move on. The problem is he was a hell of a lot better in Vegas as a player than he was in Vancouver last season. So he, he dropped off. He, he wasn't as happy. And he's making just about close, very, very close to $6 million a season. So move him. And on top of the Holtby buyout, you freed up some cash. Because remember, there, there's some significant RFAs to sign. And uh, Hughes, Patterson, etc. So... Money is a big thing right now. And again, I, I, I'm not a huge fan of the intricate math, but reality says, yeah, that this is a flat salary cap and the Canucks will have to deal with it. Uh, you brought up Elias Pettersson, so I've got to get to it because, you know, we joked about it a couple of weeks ago. Then we kind of raised our eyebrows and said, no, there's no way that could happen. And now there's a legitimate concern within Canuck Nation that there might be an offer sheet in the wind for Elias Pettersson. If you're another general manager, I know offer sheets are always kind of sacrilege. You'll see them once every year or two. But he's the guy I would offer sheet because he's a franchise-worthy player that yeah. if you go out there, if you're a guy like Steve Eiserman in Detroit, if you're a guy that's out there looking for one last piece and you got a little bit of wiggle room, do the Canucks legitimately have something to be concerned about here? Whew, that's a great question, Robert Fay. Um, you know, because... That even came up before Garland signed today. Yep. That was thrown around because that one's a little less risky. It's not such a huge potential chunk of change. You're not, you know, out of the stratosphere where I think you would be with Pedersen. Like you'd have to come up with a serious number and the Canucks would have to match. So 
Is it a legitimate concern? I guess, but I don't see it happening. I just don't see it happening. Is that kind of one of those things out there, the offer sheet that is the unwritten rule between general managers that like, look, man, don't screw me over. I know you could, <laughs> but is there kind of a code out there or is it truly every man for themselves? Um, I'd say it's uh, 85% code and 15% everybody, every man for himself. It just depends on the relationship, right? Remember way back, the Sergei Fedorov one mm -hmm. in Carolina? You yeah. had... Uh, Mike Illich, who ran Little Caesars program in Michigan, and you had the CompuWare program being run by the, the, the guys from Carolina, and they offered up a stupid contract, and, and the Red Wings were so pissed that, you know, it was Peter Carmanos offered that, made that offer sheet. So they had to pay this, pay this ridiculous uh, bonus and money up front and all that just to hold on to Fedorov, which they did. Uh, and then, ironically, the two teams end up facing each other in the uh, the 2002 Stanley Cup Final. But that was a bad relationship. That's two owners with a huge rivalry behind the scenes. So, I mean, that kind of stuff factors in. Otherwise, I think you're alluding to the uh, kind of that that code. Don't be a donkey. Um, yeah. That seems to prevail. Because it is a small fraternity, I and mean, there's only so many of these guys, and they have to work with each other, um, and meet with each other, et cetera, et cetera. It's it's relationship driven. I find that Jim Benning was kind of snake bitten on this one, but it's almost in a damned if you do, damned if you don't kind of way. Because I don't think a lot of people, when they saw the entry level contract for Pedersen, and then the entry level contract for Besser, and for uh, all of a sudden you add Quinn Hughes to the mix. I don't think everybody thought they were going to evolve as quickly as they did. Like, I think usually coming out of ELCs, you're looking at guys that are three and a half, four million, dare we say five. Pedersen, because he's his meteoric ascent, all yeah. of a sudden hamstrings the Canucks because now he's looking for eight, eight and a half, nine, which when you're starting these things out, you don't think that you're going to have to look at that trajectory. And I think that's a, a problem that Jim Benning three years ago shouldn't be really blamed for. No, I mean... You, you're looking for success. You're looking for fast development. You're looking for great players. You want superstars if you can get them. So, I mean, boy, it's just one of those things. You just have to deal with it. It, it does change term. Um, so, in other words, maybe if there was only one of them as opposed to two of them, yep. you could go, okay, well, sure, I'll give you the eight-year deal. But when you're having to tap dance a little bit, especially considering the RFAs and the UFAs involved with this mm -hmm. franchise right now, Maybe you have to tap dance a little bit in term in terms of term and go with a bridge deal. And then keep in mind you got Brock Besser coming up next year. So uh, as another RFA. So there's they are frantic right now. You think you and I are busy right now, Rob. <laughs> Imagine if you're in Jim Benning's office today and tomorrow. Holy mackerel. Well, I did the math on it, and they've got just a couple of bucks over $21 million in cap space, and they've only got 14 players under contract for next season. So something's going to have to give. Somebody's going to have to be creative now. And it, it's funny that I bring this up because I always say to myself, people will look at Elias Pettersson and say, maybe he'll give a hometown discount. Maybe he'll be that guy. Yeah. In 2021, I don't know with your agent in your ear and everybody out there if you truly do, quote, hometown discounts, especially when you have a chance to cash in big. Uh, that's that's a great concept. It's a hell of a question. I just don't know. Uh, I don't know if it'll come to that. I mean, if they if they're able to move Schmidt uh, and free up some more money, 
then it just kind of becomes a pecking order. Uh, on one of the local radio stations here, I heard Kevin Epp, who's the uh, the agent for OEL and also was for Vertanen and also Tra- Travis Hamannick saying, yeah, I've, I've talked to the, uh, Jim Benning and his staff a little bit about Hamannick, but I am fully aware and cognizant of the fact that they need to take care of these RFAs first to kind of determine how much wiggle room they will have mm-hmm. otherwise. Now, is... Is Pedersen going to do this hometown discount that you're referring to in order to allow for more wiggle room? That's that's a great question. I think it more comes down to the term of these contracts at this point, and that will determine what kind of quote-unquote discount or uh, necessary reduction takes place based on how the deal is structured. Yeah, I just I sit back and I say to myself, it's a good problem to have if you can get it done, but you have to sign those two guys like oh, I, uh, I there's just a not this city we gotta get burn. this stuff done now like <laughs> this we gotta go like it's it's like boom 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 there's this stuff has to be taking place here in the next 36 hours you would think because well holtby's already bought out so uh, it's there there's just a lot of moving parts that's why these couple of days are always insane and then of course you have the i, I refer to it as the game show um the goaltender musical chairs mm-hmm. because now a backup has to be brought in. I was kind of chuckling and others have chuckled. Carolina does not have a goalie under contract right now. Buffalo does not have a goalie under contract right now. Yeah. So we're going to see this little goalie circus go on, which is part of this fun two days. Well, Rob, before I let you go, what are some of the things that fans can expect when they go to Van Hockey now, to Vancouver Hockey now? Because I sit back and I say to myself, you could not have picked a better time to kind of dip your toe into the Vancouver market. So out of the gates, what are you working on? Well, we are going to have lots of the aforementioned entertainment and the personalities that you alluded to. So we're going to bring the Vancouver fans access to maybe some individuals on a personal level and on an entertaining level, on a casual level that they're not used to seeing or hearing from. And that will unfold over the course of time. Um, Immediately, uh, if you hop on the site, you're going to see, obviously, current events, what's taking place with all the stuff you and I just talked about. Mm-hmm. You'll hear a little bit about me talking about my, some of the crazy stuff that's gone on with me and my relationship with the Vancouver Canucks over the last uh, two decades. Also, the, the, the scouting conundrum, um, you know, because of COVID, it was very difficult to scout. A lot of players, especially OHLers, didn't even have a chance to play hockey last year. And we kind of tie that into the the draft that the Canucks just went through. We talk about shots in the dark. Um, I, I mean, it's it's going to be current events, gonna, but it's going to be a little bit different perspective, a more kind of a global national perspective on the Vancouver Canucks while focusing on the Vancouver Canucks, just because I have those resources available and, and my background offers up a different perspective. Well, I can tell you why you're already winning, because the color palette that you went with on your website is the old skate, the yellow and the black and the white, which has been clamored for by this fan base for multiple years. If you went blue and green like everybody else, you'd have just gotten in line. But you're the one with the brains, man. You're already looking ahead. Well, I'd love to take credit for that, but it wasn't me. That was just the... uh, the Take the credit. (laughs) (laughs) That was the brainchild of of Dan Kingerski and in uh who runs the whole shooting match however that said 
on day one, I do tell the story of stumbling across that sweater. The, the, let me just tell, I'll give you the short, real quickie. You love it. The very first National Hockey League game I ever covered as a teenager, getting paid under the table cash to, to get sound post game at the Joe Lewis Arena in November of 1981. And again, I was a teenager. Keep that in mind, people. Um, was the Detroit Red Wings hosting the Vancouver Canucks? And it was uh, that was my first ever NHL game, and uh, as a reporter, not as a fan, obviously. And um, yeah, Stan Schmiel, Tiger Williams, the whole nine yards, Richard Brodeur, a team, by the way, that went on to the Stanley Cup final that year. That's right. Yeah, that was a good year. A shocker, <laughs> a shocking team that made their way. So there you awesome. go. Um, awesome that, that, stuff. The, that was the ugly V jerseys. But you're right. The colors aren't bad. It was just the V's that were kind of like, oof. Yeah, the, the early V, man. I know there's a, you know, a couple of guys down on Main Street that like wearing those guys, the hipsters. But uh, <laughs> I, I think the one that will stand the test of time, ironically, is the speeding skate logo. I, I love it. I still have a copy of a video game, NHL 94, where they use that graphic, and it's wow. it's the best, man. It's I like the blue and green, but you know what? This is typical Vancouver hockey fan. When it was the skate, they wanted the blue and green. Now they got the blue and green. They want to go back to the skate. It, no, it'll never be happy, but you know what? I love that they mix and match all of them, and uh, I am just thrilled that you're doing this. This is a good time to be a hockey fan in Vancouver, and the fact that we got somebody with your um, your background and your pedigree is awesome. Rob Simpson. You're welcome on this show anytime. Thank you very much, Rob Zay. And by the way, we are both involved with our friends and cohorts with the Equity Guru as well. Uh, so, Chris Perry, yes. Yeah, we have that connection and we're going to be doing some kick-ass stuff Well, in that regard as well. If I could do Canuck coverage and wrestling, I think I've, <laughs> kicked, I've ticked off two of my boxes in life. Dude, your wrestling's unbelievable, by the way. Congratulations on NEW. Uh, Thank you. The uh, acronym, I guess is what you'd call it, for yep. the rush. I mean, it's just madness. It's so cool, and you've put it together in like, woof. It, it's, it's crazy. It's just, it's a success already. It's amazing. You would know this, man. It's all about the connections and the relationships that you make. So, uh, yep. Yeah, great we'll job. run side by side for a while. I appreciate this. Yeah, it was great. Awesome stuff. Rob Simpson, VancouverHockeyNow.com. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to his coverage immensely. And everybody's coverage on a very big day in the NHL, a very big day for the Vancouver Canucks. And tell you what, Jimbo and Francesco sure like to spend their money, don't they? buying out players and such anyways we'll be back at this tomorrow just want to say tonight is my last game as broadcaster with the fraser valley bandits for the 2021 season canadian elite basketball league has done a very good job if you haven't seen a basketball game in the fraser valley tonight is their opportunity to put on one last show and maybe if you want you can go grab yourself some tickets and come out and join me at the abbotsford center until we do this again tomorrow at high noon, my thanks to Rob Simpson, my thanks to everybody at Equity Guru, Jay Swing, producer extraordinaire, brother from another. My thanks to Chris Perry, who continues to build a monster. More than anything, my thanks to Galen, J.P. Chung, and the irreplaceable Priscilla Choi. I will see you in less than 24 hours' time. I'm Rob Fay, and this has been your Tuesday edition of Sports Bar Radio. I'll catch you in a few hours. This segment is brought to you by Arizona Metals. 
a mineral exploration company working two 100% owned gold, copper, zinc properties in the mining-friendly U.S. state of Arizona. Arizona metal stock has been on a strong upward move recently, doubling over the month of May and continuing upwards in June, and investors earlier in the year are seeing a 400% increase on their money. Their Canadian ticker symbol is AMC. For more information on Arizona Metals, visit www.equity.guru. Sports Bar Radio was brought to you by Equity Guru, investment information for the new generation. Visit us at equity.guru and let's make some money together. Please note, any mention of companies on this podcast is part of a promotional campaign, and the information you hear should be a part of extensive due diligence. As well, always get advice from an accredited financial advisor before you make any investment decision. Protect yourself.